have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the returning Glenn Stansbury. Mm, yes, I am back, Brian. Yeah. You left your heart in uh, Seattle. I did. I left it all over the Northwest, to be honest. Uh, but I scooped up whatever I could and threw it in the whatever suitcase yeah. and flew home. Well, that's good. Yeah. To yeah. be here. Mm-hmm. To uh, talking to this microphone with you. Yeah. Talking to a tin can. That's right. <clears throat> Well, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. And uh, speaking of welcoming back, if you've been to Gentleman.com, and maybe you haven't been there in the last six or seven minutes, hmm. we are totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's disturbing to us a little bit, but mm-hmm. we'll let it slide. We will welcome you back with open arms. Yes, we will. <laughs> arms wide open, as Creed would say. Yes. Um, so anyway, the point is, uh, if you haven't visited gentleman.com recently, it might be recently in the last five minutes, uh, go ahead and come back. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll just, we'll wait right here while you bring up gentleman.com. Just Mm -hmm. go ahead and go do it now. Okay, cool. Thank you for, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, so now that once you've done that, um, I know you're probably busy browsing around gentleman.com because it's so intriguing. Uh, but once you've done that, a good thing to do is I know you're itching for more. I know you just, there's something, there's something missing in your life. There's like a, can you look at this back here, Brian? I got an itch. There's a red patch (laughs) on the lower (laughs) east side. And uh, that can be that can be fixed. It can all be fixed up. This, there's a serum for everything. That's right. Uh, and that serum is podcast.gentleman.com, where you can go and listen to 138 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast in succession. And uh, once you do that, you're probably going to have some questions for me and Glenn. Uh, questions about life, questions about uh, what, it, what it means to be a human being today. Why are we here? Why are we here? What are we doing? What Why am I beer, listening to this yeah. for? Why is beer so good? Why is beer... Yeah, lots of different questions. Anyway, whatever your question is, that's fine. We're totally prepared for that because we have a address that we set up that you can actually send us letters and we will uh, talk about them on the Gentleman Podcast, put them up on the Hall Splash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. We will talk about them on the Gentleman Podcast. We will think about it and we will likely send you something back in return. Um, this address is P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Uh, please send us a letter there if you have any questions. Brian, I, I'm, I like to interject here. We've had people. I've had people stop and ask me, "Is that actually? Is this like a a, a spoof? Like, are you just making up something? No, like a PO box? No, this no, is this, an actual PO box. This entire we, show yes. is completely serious, right? In every manner. Well, yeah, absolutely. Everything that we say is is literal. Starting I mean, with right. us imploring you to yeah. mail four four two three zero five. Yeah, Lawrence, Kansas six six zero four four. Do you think I could just make that up every week? Right. No. Right. Uh, no, that's a real that's a real post office box. Um, we got the extra large size. I have the receipt. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, failing to do that, I know that some people don't believe that we actually have a post office box, like we're some kind of fake business or something like that. Uh, well, don't worry because we actually have a a fully qualified email address as well. So take that, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. No one has fake email addresses. Right. Someone might have a fake post office box, right. but no one has a fake email address. Can't spoof that. No, you can't. And that email address is howdyatgentleman.com. Uh, you can also send us an email through there, but eh, we kind of like letters better. We get them quicker from the post office box. Yeah, we do. Yeah, There's a so, whole thing that has to happen with the email. It has to be vetted and right. run by legal. And right. then our accountant looks at it. and so you know, a Very strict firewall it goes through. Yeah. Keep Russian bots at bay. And, right. Uh, you know. Yeah, no fake news right. or anything like that. Right. Um, so anyway, it's much better to just send a letter. Mm-hmm. It's just much easier for everybody involved. Right. Plus, we uh, don't have to pay our fixers later mm-hmm. to take care of any, you know... Right. Wrongdoings. That's right. Uh, we, yeah. we may or may not up. have right. yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. transpired. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, no wrongdoings mm-hmm. that we know of right. at this moment. Right. Um, Follow the money. <laughs> so, anyway, drop, drop us a letter. Drop us a letter. Um, 
You can also go to social networks, but you know, there's only there's really only one social network, and that's gentleman.com. Right. F- Facebook used to be a social network, but I don't think anybody uses that anymore. I, I know I don't. Um, I do, well, that's not true. I do every now and again when I get an invite to something, and somebody says, "Hey, you didn't, you know, say whether or not you were coming to this right. thing." I'm like, right. "Well, what did the PO box? Did you put it in the PO box? No, no, no. Facebook. Right. No. I'm oh, gonna... okay. Let me." Let me dust this off real quick here. And uh... I still have a Motorola flip phone, so I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I see people walking around with this, like the smartphones that yeah. they have these days. I don't know. That's uh, it's just too new technology for me. It's a crazy world we live in, Brian. It is. It is, Glenn. Okay. Well, um, now that we got that nailed down, mm-hmm. it's time for the meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week. Oh, and I'm excited about it, Brian, because this week we have uh, a local beer company, the Kansas City Beer Company, KC Beer Company. Yep. Uh, in Kansas City, and B E I R. Yes, the old the old world spelling, mm-hmm. uh, the motherland. Yeah, um, and we're we're going to be reviewing their Dunkel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you knew this, Brian, but Dunkel is the German word for dark. Mm-hmm. This is a dark brown lager, mm-hmm. and uh, you may also not know that it's the most widely drank beer in Bavaria at the turn of the night or the twentieth century. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, this Dunkel, brewed locally, has won lots of awards. All right? Very For cool. starters, they've won first place at the Greater International Beer Competition in 2015. That's pretty stout competition. That sounds like a... It's an international? You said international. Yeah, international. Right? Okay, yeah. not yeah. national. International. No, no, no. International. Okay, wow. Okay. Uh, third place at the Great International Beer Competition in 2016. So they slipped a little bit in 2016. 2016, probably not as good. Right. Yeah. Um, 2016 was a bad year. It, yeah. yeah. But, 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 one... But the, the, the real award that they have up here that... I mean, the real award that they don't have up here that they should is that, most importantly, it's one of our go-to beers when we have a yeah. beer at a bar. We, you know, true. the, yeah, we, yeah, the pitcher special. Yeah. It's usually the Dunkel. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so, well, you know, I hope they have some more space on their website because they're right. going to have to put the MTS score That's that right. we give it on their website uh, here soon. They got some white space down here. I think they could fill it in. Yeah, okay. I'm well, thinking they might more have to redesign the, the page. Yeah, they the might top. have to redesign the page. But that, I mean, they're going to want to do that. Right. I will say, they have a nice, they have a nice design. Beer websites often try really hard to be hip and cool, and these guys... Just keep it simple. They keep it simple. That's what you gotta do. Keep it simple. If you're in Kansas City and get a chance to go to the actual KC Beer Company location, it is a lot of fun. They have an indoor-outdoor kind of uh, brewery, and uh, they have uh, polka music playing, German polka band uh, going, and there's like a yard for kids to play in. It's It's... And the, yeah, they have like little sippy cups for the kids too for the beer. For beer. So, yeah, so that's cool. Um, milk lager. Yeah. Milk stout. Milk stout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, let's get down to some stats about the beer. Yeah. The ABV, the alcohol by volume, is a 5.1%. The okay. IBUs, 18. Mm-hmm. And the color is brown. Okay. So that, that's all we need to know. <laughs> Colors brown. All right. Nothing but the facts. I like that. I, I, I like that they don't have some fancy term like right. chartreuse. Yeah. Obscura. Right. You know, or yeah. something like that. A rouge <laughs> with some burnt umber. A color ass. Yeah. Let me take a look. It's brown. <laughs> He's out the bottle. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's pour it. Anyway, Brian. So okay. this should be good, uh, mainly because we've had it before. But yeah. Well, yeah. Never put it through the MTS Stress. cases. Uh, what, what was the uh, price on this? The price was eight ninety nine. Okay, so that's that's right, right around median. Median beer prices. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. Beer prices are starting to sneak up. Oh, they're not sneaking. Yeah, they're making a break for it. Yeah, they're setting all the alarms off and right. uh, making a break for the hills. Yeah. Yes, they are. So anyway, yeah, I, I was surprised at that. Um, well, I was in the Northwest where. Everything is more expensive. What is wrong with me? There we go. <laughs> Give him the beer uh, bottle opener CPR. <laughs> Not on my watch. Sheesh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what were you saying about the Northwest? Uh, beer price is very expensive. Oh, very. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway. All right. It's good. Mm. It's good. It's good. It's a symphony of flavor. really taste the brown yeah mm. you really can mm. I'm getting some hints of toasted bread crust some caramel Snickers Snickers maybe some you know barnyard 
on the nose. Mmm. Okay, Clint, so if you had to uh, put an arbitrary rating on this uh, Casey Beer Company Dunkel, what would you assign to it? You're saying, like, totally random? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to matter at all. We got this computer here and everything. It's going to give us a real rating for this thing. Uh, I like this beer a great deal. I would give it an 8.8. <laughs> Strangely, that was what I was going to... Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Well, it doesn't matter, because the, the, the... I mean, yeah, MTS it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, the give MTS it whatever, arbit- right. you know. Yeah. But it's kind of fun just to do our own little ratings before yeah. the MTS computer takes over, right. you know? It, it doesn't quite tip over that 9 point for me. No. No, Not quite that's yeah. a special. That's a special plateau. I would suggest if you get these to have them in glass. In a glass, should this, I go get one right now? No, I, no it's fine. But uh, I've noticed that there's there's mm. just a little bit of extra something. Mm. The bottle taste is not. There's yeah. something about it. There's a couple of kind of local breweries that have this. Yep. There's just a tiny tinge of something. Yep. I don't know if it's the the lids that they use it's or gotta be. what it is. I, I'm not sure. Anyway, the point is, it's an old bottle. I, I've, I've been around enough KC Beer Company Dunkel to know that in a glass, <laughs> um, it's a, just a slight bit smoother. Got a slight bit of a smoother. If you can get it on tap, you're... Yeah, a tap is... That's the oh, way to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway. but Okay, so Glenn, uh, let's, let's type in some facts to the MTS computer. Uh, the mustache twist scale proprietary machine learning mm-hmm. algorithmic Bitcoin blockchain mm-hmm. uh, computer that we designed yep. to arrive at real empirical scientifically based ratings for beer okay. um so we said the uh, let me type some facts into this yeah. into this terminal and yeah. then it'll go through this situation and then get to the mts computer okay uh so we said the alcohol by volume was 5.1 percent yes the ibus were 18 mm-hmm. color was brown mm-hmm. color's brown so okay. is the bottle yeah okay and uh the price was 8.99 Right. Okay. Yes. Cool. So, yes. uh, let's let the MTS computer crunch on those numbers for a second, and then we'll we'll have the empirical infallible mustache twist scale rating uh, on this Casey Beer Company Dunkel. You know, one time I went into a um, liquor store, and they, they they were doing. You know, they'll have various beer companies come in. And they'll be like, "You want to taste this beer, mm. whatever." You know. And uh, I walked in. Somebody said, asked me if I wanted to taste the beer, and I said, "No." You know, I'm good. I don't like that stuff. And yeah, I, I, I never touch the stuff. And uh, I was buying three bottles of whiskey. So I was... <laughs> no. Um, so he asked me about it, and I said, I don't remember why. Because I think it was K- it was definitely KC Beer Company. But I said, uh, no, I think what it was, I was just, you know, I was kind of in a hurry. So I just said, oh, no, I, I've had, I think I've had all your beers, you know. And he said, oh, cool. And he asked me something. And then I asked him about, IPAs, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "No, we don't. We don't do any of that stuff." <laughs> he's like, "We only, he's like, we only do the traditional style, classic, mm-hmm. you know, brown brown beers. You know, not like, not any IPAs, no this right. or that. You know, right. we only do the the old school stuff that you know, whatever." And I, I stopped. I put my bottles of whiskey down. <laughs> I stopped, and I just went. <laughs> give give him a big clap. hug yeah slow clap and then bless you son yeah exactly uh Do so the anyway, lord's work i uh th- that that made me feel better about the casey beer company yes yes very They're, nice very cool they they get it, they do it right like yeah. you go in the, the the brewery has you know nice german food like mm-hmm. schnitzels and and bratwurst yeah. and pretzels and things like That's that cool. it's yeah. it's really well done yeah Okay, let me grab this. Uh, I'm sure the mustache twist scale computer must be done because I heard it stop printing a few minutes ago. Okay, okay. Uh, so I just got to grab this off the printer. <clears throat> oh, okay. All right, German history. German history. Uh, Purity Kansas laws. Kansas City. Cowtown. Cowtown. Cattle ranchers. Pantone colors of brown. Pantone, this brown. Oh, that's a true brown. It's brown. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, okay, finally waded through all that stuff, and I got to the uh, the score. The MTS computer strangely agrees with you and me. No, 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 no. And it says it's an 8.8. No, no, no. Three for three? That's what it says. No. It's the hat trick. It's a rare. It's a rare occasion Whoa. on the gentleman pat- My podcast. My goodness. But, yeah, we pulled off the hat trick. 8.8 wow. all around. So... Very impressive. Uh, so, Casey Beer Company Dunkel, if you guys can get a hold of it, go do it. It's uh, it's a good beer, and it's a good kind of summertime beer, too. Tastes yeah, it is. All right, Glenn, let's get in some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last two weeks or so. 
And starting off, I'm going to introduce a tack that was posted by our good friend and loyal poster, mm. Chet Manley. And Chet Manley posted this, uh, this tack. It's, ca- it's, uh, it's called France. <laughs> Butchers demand protection from vegans. <laughs> this one, you know... As well they should. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know what's going on over in France. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, over in France, mm-hmm. uh, apparently some butchers are feeling a little bit uh, persecuted by uh, vegan activists. And uh, they are interested in trying to pursue legal action against these factions of people that are, uh, according to them, terrorizing them. Um, and so they're, they're, they're trying to work, work with the government to, uh, to get them to help them uh, seek out these people that have been terrorizing their shops and, them out. and, uh, and stop them. And apparently they've just had stuff, you know, like blood thrown on the, the front of the butcher shop and, you know, just weird vandalism. Going glued locks shut. Glued, yeah. Glued locks shut, all these different things. Anyway, these butchers are fed up and their federation has banded together the federation of butchers, <laughs> the, the French butcher federation. <laughs> They, they, they in France. They show some respect, man. This is this is a way of life in France. It really is. Yeah, it way more so France, than here. But you know, at that as I understand it, yes, that is a very important part of their culture. Yeah, um, and so well, and also nobody should be throwing right. blood on somebody's storefront. I mean, yeah, you know. Um, so anyway, we'll see. They, they they do have a quote from one of the one of the butchers, and he does call it an act of terror. Now. I don't know if I would take it that far. I mean, I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Should they be afraid? That's, uh, you know, I don't know. But uh, they, they also have uh, successfully, they're, they're working on success, or trying to stop the use of the term steak, filet, bacon, and sausage for non-meat products in France. Very good. I agree. That's important. I agree. You yeah. can't be pulling, see, in the U.S., we, that's rampant, right? Steak. Steakums. Chickpea. Chickpea. <laughs> <laughs> Chickpea. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know what you mean, man. It, it, now, granted, I realized... Uh, I, I've i been around enough cow to realize that a, a steak won't come in a bag that crinkles when you pull it up, right? Well, but, this is from McDonald's. Well, that's true. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about the fast food bag. All right. Yeah, yeah that is that is a kind of steak. <laughs> steak burger. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so what I was going to say about this, Brian, is that uh, we can laugh about how... You know, this is this is kind of hilarious that we yeah. need protection for vegans. But right. but that? let me tell you let me tell you a little tale. Oh, okay. Um, I uh, I I loosely followed this guy. He was a health guy, and he espoused paleo. Oh right. Okay. Stuff. Right. Paleo diet, which is like super meat, meat vegetables. Okay. Yeah, meat and vegetables basically. Yeah. And so this this uh, documentary came out on Netflix. I think last year, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically like the the premise of the documentary is that meat is awful and it's killing us all oh, okay. and ruining the world. Yes, I think that was the subtitle. I right. can't remember what the actual title was. No, I think that was the actual title. <laughs> and uh, I saw that on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still got it, it in your queue, right? Me, oh, yeah. auto, okay. Um, and so uh, we we have some friends who are like, oh man, have you seen this thing on Netflix? Basically, I watched it and now I think I'm a horrible person because I like meat. I'm like, okay, well, hang on. This Get is the hell mi- out of my yeah. House. This is some misinformation right here. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out it, it was like put on by vegan like oh, crackpots, right? Um, but anyway, so I so the point is, so this this guy, this writer, this paleo writer, didn't talk about it for a long time, and then eventually he's like, "All right, I'm writing my review of this this uh, this Netflix documentary, if you're going to want to call it that." And he's like, "But I've held off because." Um, Basically, vegan, vegan, vegans are crazy. Oh, right. And they have... So, for him, as a paleo writer, they have sent him death threats. Like, they've amped it up to 11. They've, they've, they've put threats on his family. Mm. Um, it's intense. They're, wow. they're intense. And yeah. so, he was like, you know, I like living. Yeah. So, I haven't written anything about it, but I just, you know, whatever. I can't do this anymore. Like... This is this is all crazy. Like, mm. wow. anyway, I had no idea. I think 
you should be able to eat whatever you want, however you want to eat it. I get it. But you can't be calling stuff bacon that's not bacon. That's where I draw the line. That's just wrong. It's not soy bacon. No. It's not a tofurkey. No. Right? No. Yeah, that's that's just straight up wrong. Um, wow, yeah. So that's intense, man. That's too bad. That's it's really yeah. It is. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So maybe these butchers are really onto something here. That this is a scary proposition for them. That's right. I think I think vegetarians, got, you know, they, they they pretty much got it figured out, right? They yeah. They, they have eggs every now and again, and right. you know, cheese isn't gonna kill you. And, right. But man, once you start getting like only fourteen ounces of steak, right? You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Because yeah, right. You, sh- you don't really need seconds, do you? Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, hopefully that works out for the butchers because uh, France needs its butchers. I'm pulling for them. Lord knows. <laughs> They're doing the Lord's work, Brian. Yes. All right. Next up, we have a tech from our good friend and your friend, Zamoose. And it's titled, The Search for D.B. Cooper. Investigators say they've confirmed Skyjacker's identity by decoding long-lost, quote, confession. Mm. Now, if you've not heard of D.B. Cooper... Sit back, <laughs> pour yourself a tumbler of whiskey, maybe grab a Casey Dunkel, and let me tell you about D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper, in the early 70s, hijacked a plane, and while on the plane, took $200,000 in ransom money, and then jumped out of the plane, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. It happened. The passengers on board thought he was dead. They thought it was the craziest thing they'd ever seen. And lo and behold, a couple years later, excuse me, about nine months later, um, the so this happened in the Northwest, and the Portland Oregonian, Oregon, <laughs> the Portland Oregonian newspaper was sent a letter by none other than D.B. Cooper, and the letter basically said, "Hey, stop writing about me. I'm not actually D.B. Cooper. That's not my name." And anyway, you're never going to find me. You cannot trace me. Sincerely, D.B. Cooper. <laughs> no, sincerely, I don't know how he signed it. But um, And basically, he writes this bizarre letter, basically saying, you know, you're never going to find me. I'm awesome. And recently, television and film producer, producer Tom Colbert... I don't think there's any relation no to Stephen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, led a team of 40 private investigators in the search for D.B. Cooper. And sorry, and and then he had to uh, sue the FBI to get files needed, Freedom of Information Act. Anyway, they they reviewed this letter that he sent, this crazy letter that no one knew about, that no one knew about, Except that was the FBI and the Oregonian newspaper mm-hmm. people. Um, he reviewed it and they found that he it actually was a code, and he basically gave his name. He, he used a coding system and basically gave his name. And said, I am First Lieutenant Robert Rackstraw, which is his actual name. Mm-hmm. And he had been questioned in the case before. Mm. Yeah. And had been cleared of any, any wrongdoing. But yeah. anyway, so it sparked this whole new... And, and he, Rackstraw... Rackstraw? Still alive. Still alive. Living 74 in, years old. Yeah, 74 years young. Mm. Uh, rolling on $200,000 of airplane money. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Very weird. Yeah. Basically, um, it's, it's, one of, it's like this... A crazy cold case that nobody was able to figure out at the time. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, I remember being uh, really into this from the time I saw it on Unsolved Mysteries mm, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I saw this on Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, they had the whole reenactment thing and all that. And uh, yeah, so ever since then, I knew who D.B. Cooper was. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty interesting case. I mean, yeah, they kind of assumed that he died, right? Which is weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like what. I think it was just like it was cold. It was like super cold, and there was super high up in the plane when he jumped out. Yeah, um, but uh, they, they knew it was like a military guy because he knew certain things to tell him and to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and it turns out he's a military guy. But what I thought was really weird about this was like, wait, so the FBI's had this for fifty years, <laughs> right? This group gets a hold of it for like five minutes, and right? Like, oh yeah, here's the it's this guy, and he's saying it right here that he's this. <laughs> Right. It's like, what the hell? Uh, what the, uh, as the FBI, I mean, you know. Well, and that's the thing, is that basically, so Rackstraw was, um, he was a high-ranking, like, secret op, basically. Oh. 
And so the theory is that the FBI was like, oh, yeah, we can't figure it out because they knew who it was. And they weren't going to – they didn't want to expose oh. his cover or his team or something. It was like huh. classified information. Interesting. So he was he was kind of classified in what he did. So they didn't want to expose it in, in risk of like people digging into who he was and what he was doing. Oh, weird. Anyway. Huh. It, it's a whole weird thing. Because, yeah, the FBI would have been able to figure that out. I mean, it took, you know – journalists and private investigators yeah. like 10 minutes yeah i don't know that's pretty weird okay, so well we'll see what happens to to what is it rack rackstra uh yeah i can't remember his first name but yeah sergeant rackstra R- and robert rackstra and he had been interviewed on tv and anyway huh all this stuff but they basically said that based on this letter they thought he was like a narcissist and like uh kind of a sociopath and right they kind of had a profile like a mental profile of the guy hmm. and well, there you go. Case closed. Thanks to gentlemen. Right. <laughs> We're at the forefront of uh, helping lawmakers everywhere. Uh, do you have any cold cases? Write in. Yeah. PO Box four four two three zero five. Yeah. We'll work on them. Yeah. Yeah. But, or find somebody that will. Right. <laughs> and then right. take credit for it. We will pass that along. Yeah. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the uh, final tack that we're going to discuss tonight, Glenn. Mm-hmm. And this is an important one. This is called Why It May Be Okay to Drop Beavers from Airplanes. Mm. Catchy title. And this was posted by our legendary friend, Zamoose. Hang on. Did he just... We just talked about Zamoose, didn't we? Might have. We did. He posted the D.B. Cooper attack, Brian. We, we, what would we do without Zamoose? I don't know, Glenn. That's a good question. That is a good question. Um... <laughs> But thankfully, he yes. is a part of the community, and we don't have to worry about that. No, no. We don't have to worry about that. Um, but anyway, Glenn, this this is a story. Um, so, beavers are a problem. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they, take over, they take over areas, they build dams and rivers, and they cause all kinds of problems to local li- wildlife, too. Not just to, you know, the, the land. Um, in fact, the Humane Society... Understand it's a, understand it's okay to take po- action on beaver populations. Uh, they don't suggest trapping or shooting the animals, but uh, they do offer suggestions like fencing off trees and painting the trees with an abrasive coating. Seems like a good idea. Yeah, let's fence all our trees up. So, so anyway, keep away from the beavers. But the point is, Glenn, they're missing this one tactic that they should be suggesting, and that is they do not suggest parachuting urban beavers into rural areas. Mm. And this has been proven to actually work because in 1948 in, in Idaho, mm. Idaho had a beaver problem in 1948. I'm sure most people are aware of this. They still do. The, be- <laughs> the Idaho <laughs> beaver problem, 1948. It was yeah. classic case. Pandemic. Um, and anyway, uh, so but uh, there they came up with a plan. Mm-hmm. At first, uh, a a uh, industrious man named Elmo Heder. Uh, that's Elmo H E T E R. Mm. Uh, he tried to collect the beavers and put them on mules, but the mules did not like having live beavers on their backs no, no. and like going anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. It's a problem. It's, it's a, a mule. They, they get all freaked out by the live beavers. So Mr. Heater uh, decided on a new approach. Load them up into airplanes. Put them in special boxes that will only <laughs> open when... They hit the ground, yeah, and par- and throw them out, and uh, parachutes them down, and drops them in another rural area, and then they can go live peacefully and and not be a problem. So they do this. Mister Heater goes to all this trouble where he designs these boxes and tests them and tests them on all these things, and gets to the point where it's perfect. And they they actually deposited seventy six beavers from this plane from this program successfully, and the relatives. Of the original beavers that were dropped there, 76 of them are still inhabiting that rural area. Wow. So a beaver relocation program Look. has proven very successful. Look what we can do. I know. And that was in 1948. Think what we could do now. With uh, apps with the, and the uh, internet. Beaver, the beaver app. Yeah. The beaver relocation app. I'm working on one right now. The BAP. Yeah. Uh, okay. So can you imagine... 1948, yes. living in rural Idaho. Mm. You're outside, you're hoeing your potato farm. Right. And all of a sudden you look up, and there's beavers falling there's from like the sky. There's like 30 beavers. Right. right. Nobody <laughs> asked that guy. Yeah. That's true. 
Um, Brian, there's, there's, before we all go catching beavers and putting them in boxes and mm. chucking them out of our Southwest uh, yeah. airplanes. Um, We've got two airplane jumping stories. Yeah, we do. This Baby is Cooper and the Beavers. Yeah. Totally unplanned. Thanks, yeah. Moose. Um, before we do that, there, there is a note of caution. Um, there was one fatality. Yes, in this Beaver. That, that's jumping. true. I don't mean to let's not gloss over that. Right, like, we got to tell the whole truth here. And what happened was, is one of the Beavers worked his head through the small opening, uh, and managed to climb out onto the top of the box as it was going down. This was a real rebel. <laughs> he said, no no four walls are going to hold me. Yeah. So he climbs out, and he stands on top of the box. And it goes on to show that, uh, the, the, the recounting goes on, that even if he had stayed where he was, wa- where he was on top of the box, he would have been, been fine. Right. yeah. But he, uh, about, 50, about 50 feet to go, he... For an unknown reason. Took a jump. He took a jump, or he slipped off the top of the box. No one knows. Right. But the point is, he did not survive. He did not. So, so that is true. That is sobering reality. Brian, it's like they say, it's not the fall that'll kill you. It's the landing. It's true. So. That's true. It's the ground. Yeah. That'll kill you. Yeah, exactly. So. But, I mean, 76 to 1, it's pretty good. Pretty good know, odds. And, yeah. Th- so, if the beaver thing starts to become a problem... We know what to do. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's like a perfect story, right? You go, you know, a, a pandemic breaks out, mm-hmm. and nobody knows what to do, and then they're, they're, they're in a, flipping through a book somewhere, and like a dusty old book, and they right. see a depiction of this beaver drop, Operation Beaver Drop. This is like a screenplay. This is going to be a Hollywood, we're going to, man, we're talking about this, we're going to see like Marvel Comics, right. the beaver droppers. The be- That'll be the next big Hollywood movie. I feel like they would tweak the title just a bit. That's just that's just spitball. It's working title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Okay. working title. Yep. Yeah. No, but it has promise. Yeah. Uh, Anytime you can write beavers into a screenplay, you're you're going for gold there. I've never we don't I've never had any interactions with with beavers really, but um, I don't know why that I don't know why that is. Don't either, bro. We, we've got beavers in Kansas, don't we? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think so. I think we do. I just, I've never we, we really do. We any... do. Um, I used to live next to a a lake. Um, oh, yeah. And there was a there was a little beaver population there. They dammed mm-hmm. up the, oh, yeah. the creek and everything. So mm-hmm. they are kind of a little menace yeah. to society. So. I see. Well, that's okay. Well, next time we'll know what to do about yeah, the beavers. Yeah, we, we got you know, fever to figure it out. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that means it's time for the toast this week. Mm. And uh, this week, Glenn, a very special band is having a very special anniversary. In fact, mm. it's the 30th anniversary of the release of one of the greatest hard rock albums of all time. This is, yes, yes. Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses has been reissued in massive form mm-hmm. because 30 years ago they released this album and it uh, blew the doors off the place. And um, they, Guns N' Roses have come out with several versions of their 30th anniversary. So if you go to Apple Music or Spotify, you can listen to a new 30-track version of Appetite for Destruction it includes Ooh. the whole original album and then some initial sessions that they did two years before they actually released the album um, that didn't end up getting released and then some demo versions of stuff some live versions of stuff but really if you want to get all into it there's like a 76 track <laughs> version Jeez. or something like that that has everything that you could ever imagine in it and uh, for a super deluxe version for fans only $999, the locked and loaded mega box. Uh, wow. Provides a, uh, provides a comprehensive look at the group, uh, the original album, and collection of EPs, B-sides, rarities, a heap of previously unreleased demo recordings, and blah, 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 blah. Point is, Glenn. Some of Axel's hair. Yeah. Uh, th- and I like this quote a lot. It's somewhere buried in this article. It's a Rolling Stone article. And uh, you can I'll, I'll link it up on, uh, on podcast.gentleman.com. Uh, but towards the end of the article, uh, Rolling Stone uh, author says, Do you need any of this? No. But that's not the point. <laughs> as with everything Guns N' Roses from the period, it's not so much all access as it is all excess. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So that's a nice turn of the phrase there. So anyway, 
but yeah, I wanted to, uh, you know, Appetite for Destruction. I, I had to, I had to, I heard about this, and so I, as soon as it came out, I went to Apple Music and pulled it up, and it's pretty interesting in the fact that um, most of their songs that were good were all written by 1986. After that is. So, like, November Rain, yeah, that was written in 1986. They just recorded it after it? They recorded it in, like, 1991. Wow. But it was, like, they have a version of it that's included that they recorded in 1986 at Sound City Studios, actually, which oh, is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the classic uh, thing the movie's about. Um, but anyway, so, like, it just struck me that all of their songs that are actually somewhat famous are all from that period before they... So, it must have, like, after they got famous, they must have just dropped off and... Output or something. Is it that hard to believe, Brian? Did you get much productivity out of Axel uh, <laughs> after they got famous? Yeah, it's probably I mean, a little bit hard to. I, I watched this, uh, you know, look, I'm going to admit something to you, Brian. Every now and again, a video on YouTube will be recommended to me and I will oh, hit play. Right. And I probably shouldn't, but I do it anyway. Right. And one of them was like the 10 worst onstage meltdowns of, you know, any act. Like, mm-hmm. of, of all these acts. Axel had three of them. <laughs> uh, one third. We're from, That's impressive. It was, That's it impressive. was, yeah. He, he, yeah. he knew how to throw a rant. Yeah, he really, uh, he was very... Uh, Abrasive? Yeah, I would say there's a lot of things going on with Axel. The best part is watching, like, the band, the band can just see it coming. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, yeah. they, they know what's happening, and he yeah. goes off, and then he runs off stage. and right. They're just like, ah. well, they're back together again. Yeah, you know, fourteenth time's charm, lighting fires and kicking tires. You know, <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, well, uh, I just, are well, they touring? Uh, yes, I believe they are. Are they coming to Kansas City? They came Kansas City a couple years ago, year and a half ago. Okay, I didn't go because it was like at Arrowhead Stadium or something. Yeah, tickets were like five hundred dollars, and yeah, you know, it's just like, eh. yeah, you know. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be better than they were in their prime. Right, yeah. Where you paid less. If I would pay $500 to see them in 1988 yeah. <laughs> at yes. the Whiskey A Go Go, you know, that yeah. would be a very, I would definitely Spend do that. another $500 on whiskey? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, whiskey would have been like a dollar back mm. then, you know? So, yeah, like $300. So I would have saved money, actually. <laughs> they would have been like paying me to go there to watch. Uh, anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, I just want to do a toast uh, to GNR. GNR? A successful. Real release of a 30-year-old legendary rock album. 70 tracks, 30 years. 35? 35 years. Is it 35? What did you say? I think it was 1989. 1988? Yes. 1988. 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. So, wow. Um, anyway. Mm. All right, Glenn. Yet another reminder that we're old. Yes. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's uh, that time. Hmm. Time for the hot button topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, you posted something very interesting that caught my eye mm. on gentleman.com. Uh, you posted a tack that it's titled Amazon Buys Pill Pack, an online pharmacy for just under $1 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about a couple, we talked about, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Amazon's ever increasing. Clause, and we promised at that time we were going to update. Yes, we we're going to provide more reporting on this. They they had made a pact with uh, two other companies, right? Berkshire yes. Hathaway. Yeah, they, they Berkshire Hathaway, and I can't remember what the other company was. A big company. It was another big company, and it was basically the idea was um, healthcare is expensive for our companies. Like Amazon has so many employees, it would be cheaper for them. To start their own healthcare company <laughs> than to use an existing provider of healthcare. Yeah. And especially if you jope in with uh, Warren Buffett and uh, who Gosh, I, I can look it up while you're talking. Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, the point is, Glenn, um, so this is another interesting development in this, uh, in this situation, and that is them purchasing a large ma- – uh, lot- it's basically an online pharmacy. J.P. Morgan. J.P. Morgan. Okay. There Chase, you go. Yeah. Um, so it's basically an online pharmacy that they purchased, which uh, I read that as soon as they purchased the pharmacy, <laughs> healthcare stocks, like other healthcare company stocks, went. Uh, so, Glenn, let me ask you: Are you for this or against it? Well, obviously, I'm, I'm for it, Brian. Oh, you're for it. Okay, okay. Well, I'm clearly against it. Yeah. Well, so, let, me, yeah. <clears throat> let me tell you why. Um, okay. 
First of all, I did not even know that there was an online pharmacy Compel. that you could just that you could just go. I mean, pill pack. Yeah, I had not. I honestly hadn't like ever thought about looking online to get my meds. I don't really actually have any meds, but I just go to Target when I need my. Right, I'm I mean, not an avid the, medical. Right, guy. you go yeah. to you go to the doctor and right. he says you I, need this. Here's a prescription. There's no go cure walk for that. Means. Yeah, Russ, uh, <laughs> yes. you're yeah. gonna lose a leg, but. Yeah. <laughs> Take this. Right. Uh, and so I go and take that. But, yeah, I didn't know there was an online, you know, Amazon Amazon for pills, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds interesting. I'm sure, the F, I'm sure that's a weirdly regulated... Apparently, they have licenses to operate in all 50 states. Well, there you go. So, they're all... It's all a, a thing. I think they've been around since 2013. So, it's okay. a few years old. Um, but this, this is great. This is great. Because I'm all for monopolistic companies. Oh, we know this about you, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, you know what? Add one, one more uh, quiver to the uh, the arrow bucket. There, mm-hmm. they. Uh, I, I I I like the fact that they can drive down costs. I mean, let's. Uh, Big Pharma has been given a pass for too long. All right, it's about time they reaped what they sowed, Jeff and that Bezos. is, yeah. Jeff Bezos is is the Grim Reaper here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm for it, Brian. What about you? Uh, well, obviously, I'm against it. Ooh, Glenn. Yeah, this is Ooh. this is tragic for many reasons. You know, um, tragic. I, I want to. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let me let me frame this properly. I mean, think about like, uh, you know, we used to go to a family pharmacy, like that was the pharmacy in Manhattan, Kansas. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. It was it's it's called Kelstrom's Pharmacy. It's still there. Mm-hmm. That's where my parents went and got their prescriptions. Mm. That's where I went when I was a kid. Wow. My dad still goes there to get prescriptions. Now, if Amazon comes in and throws a bunch of money in this whole thing, is there going to ever be the local pharmacist that you go and you, uh, you know, buy a soda from and yeah. get your, uh, get your pills? Get your- I always thought that was a weird combination having a soda fountain and you know like. <laughs> Buying your, you know, hey, steroids. Hey, it works. You know, can okay. This is a serious question. Can you buy ice cream there? No, like this ice cream is, cone. Did they used to do that? Uh, no, but uh, the other place that was downtown. Okay, you you, you definitely could do that. When yeah. I was real young, we had a place in my hometown, my small hometown, that they had a. It was a pharmacist with a soda jerk. The soda, yeah. <laughs> so you go up, belly up to the fountain and uh, the bar, and that's what I'm saying, Glenn. You're anti soda jerk. No, no, no. I'm How an- could you be anti? I'm anti jerk. All right, right. And that jerk right now is Big Pharma. <laughs> They've been jerking us around for too long. <laughs> it's going to be a problem. Amazon, you know, there. Look, there's going to be time where I don't even work for like everybody's going to work for Amazon. Mm-hmm. They're just going to be the company. You know, it's true. Like there's there's the company, and that's the, that's the place that everybody works. But they'll have good health benefits. <laughs> Cheap. You know what I'm saying though? It, it Amazon, is true. Yep. Amazon's getting into everything. They now. are. It's a little it's a little frightening, you know. I don't know how I, I'm I'm pretty impressed with Bezos though, to be able to like go into so many industries and do so much stuff. Well, when you do things the right way, Brian, you uh you know, you're able to do that, I think. I mean I guess. I'm not really sure how they're able to do all this stuff. Honestly, I have no idea because they own a slice of every single aspect of our economy, it feels like. Yeah. Um, soda fountains now? Yes. No, no. They, they own pharmacy. They own uh, newspapers. They own... They're getting into healthcare. They're getting into healthcare. They own everything that you can buy online. They own uh, oh infrastructure for web, for, for the like internet. Every... Building every, inter- every website. Yeah. Web services. Yeah. I, I know I'm leaving out half of them. Yeah. Anyway, any type of consumer good, healthcare, um, web infrastructure. Uh, it, it, yeah, I'm sure. What's next? Travel, um, autonomous cars. What, yeah, autonomous. Yeah, autonomous cars. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm sure. You know, AI. I'm sure they're all getting into it. Um, Blockchain, maybe. <laughs> probably. So if if. Uh, yeah, it's when when I read in the newspaper that Amazon's getting served with the antitrust oh, right. uh, lawsuit, I'm not going to be surprised. I'm going to be surprised that it took that long. It's it's interesting. Microsoft got hit with it, and what did they do? Software. Yeah, and software. Yeah, like 
personal computing software. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Personal. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's outside the that's outside the scope of this argument, right, though, Brian. Right. I see what you're saying, Glenn. I see um, what you're saying. Look. So what? What I love a pro monopoly. Yeah. No. Yes. That's that's your pro monopoly. Well, that's on. what you're saying here. Right. I get it. Look, I'm like a single issue voter here. Right. I am. I am pro lower health care. Okay. Okay. You're pro lower health care. Yep. Obviously. And I'm anti lower health care. Yeah, I'm I pay know more for my health care. Right. But but because you know it's keeping the the local soda jerks in. Uh, that's right. In uh, employment, as long as they show up with the white hat and yep. make me root beer, I'm. I'll pay whatever for with their care. own coded language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this, this is interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. I'd never heard of this company either, but apparently they were pretty big, uh, you know, I guess if you get prescription, reg- if I was getting a regular, pres- like if I was getting something I had to have every day or something, yeah. I would probably seek out the most efficient way to do that. And that's probably this company they bought, but I, I'm not trying to paint with too wide a brush here. It's just interesting that, so you think of startups and you think of online startups, and you don't think of a core demographic as being an older generation. Right. Because people who need most of their yep. meds are older than us. Yep, that's true. Um, so that's kind of weird how that all... So maybe if I asked my dad, he'd be like, oh yeah, pill pack. Yeah. yeah love those guys. Yeah. What? Got them bookmarked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, Brian. I, I'm wishing them the best, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, Bezos is... Uh, Space... Space. space. Yeah. I, I said travel. Forgot I was like, that. I forgot about. They're, they're not even doing like normal travel. They're doing like space travel. <laughs> Just yeah, bypassing the cars and yeah. going straight to the rockets. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. I'm sure they'll get into solar maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They, they, it's it's unwieldy. Yeah, it's pretty weird. As long as, I, as long as my healthcare is better, I don't really care. Well, and see, that's the thing is that I don't understand <laughs> this. Because they. This, I mean, they're not going to actually do a healthcare company. This mm-hmm. is just going to be for their employees right at least at first i was gonna say but they wouldn't do this well i mean it's a smart move it i is. mean if you if you're an owner of amazon and you start seeing how much money you're having to pay for your employees health care and then you're like it would be much cheaper to just negotiate all this stuff ourselves than yeah you know yeah yeah but then i mean if it goes really well then you can be like, well, we're going to yeah. start adding more. I guess it's kind of like the infrastructure they built for their uh, site. And they're like, right. well, we could just sell this to everybody. And now they make... Is, there, is it their biggest driver of revenue? It's one of yeah. their biggest drivers oh, of revenue. I think that's how they make all their money, is off the web infrastructure stuff. Right. I mean, that's crazy to, to say that. Like, yeah. they sell, I don't know how many millions of products mm-hmm. a year. Right. But they make all their money selling the infrastructure that yeah. powers the internet. Yeah. It's the craziest, most brilliant thing. I yeah, I seriously don't know how they pulled that off. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Weird to think about now. Even in reverse, it's weird to think about. Like I can't if you would have told me in two thousand three that eighty percent of the websites are gonna be run on Amazon's platform, I would have been like, That's a it's a book company. What right. what are you talking about? You know? This is like Back to the Future too when yeah. You know, they find out that Biff becomes president. Yeah. Right? It is. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden we're living in Bezos City. Bezos City. Yeah. Girls, girls, girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, I get, we're going to closely monitor this situation. And uh, if further events develop, we will uh, report back. Yep. As we've done. As we've done diligent reporting on this. Brian, the thing I love about our hot button topics is that it's a lot like a news network. Um, you know, you bring in two different opposing sides, right? And they mm-hmm. duke it out, crossfire. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, you know. Yeah. I mean, inevitably, it, basically everything that comes across gentlemen, Brian and I have differing views on. That's right. Uh, yeah. We hardly ever agree on anything. That's right. Mm-hmm. So this makes total sense. Well, we, we agree that we don't agree on things. We most can of agree time. on that. Yeah. We can exactly. agree on that. Yeah. Amicably. The uh, Gentleman News Network. Yeah. GNN. The GNN. Yeah. Um, this just said anyway Glenn okay well uh, enough of that Mm. I know you have your opinion about it and I have mine we'll have to move on and I still respect you Brian (laughs) I'm working on it Glenn I always will well okay (laughs) alright it depends on your answer to the uh, the question from the gentleman mailbag okay okay (laughs) 
uh, and continuing in a serious vein, like healthcare, uh, this is another serious question that's come up. Um, basically, uh, 4th of July yes. was a couple days ago. Yes. And um, there's a movie, and it's called Independence Day. Yes. And it's probably one of the most important films of all time. Yes. Culturally, historically, mm-hmm. it really shows... Um, it might have future significance in addition to historical significance. I mean, the movie was made in 1996, so yeah, it's still relevant. Past. Still so relevant that, today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If aliens attack again, yeah, we'll know. Mm-hmm. We'll know what to do. Um, so, anyway, Glenn, the point is, uh, the question from the gentleman mailbag this week is: If you could be cast as one character from Independence Day, who would you be cast mm. as? I think I think my favorite character and this is hard because it's such a great movie but I really feel like my favorite character is Randy Quaid's Russell Case. Oh. Interesting. The drunkard uh crop duster. Oh, that oh yeah, that he comes like a who, fighter pilot. Right. Yeah. He was a fighter pilot, but unfortunately uh aliens had done experiments on him. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it drove him to drinking. Mm. And so he moves across the country, place to place, a nomad, just him and his Winnebago and an airplane. Didn't this actually happen to Randy Crane? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're thinking of a different movie. It's called National Lampoons. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas vacation. Okay. Uh but yeah, Randy Quaid actually kind of turned into him later. Yeah. Just, where he's like yeah. embezzled money or no, he didn't pay his taxes. But then he got crazy and he, he I think he did like claim that people were watching him and like all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and they do watch him every 4th of July uh on Independence, Independence Day. Day. Um yeah, the craziest thing about Randy Quaid is that Randy Quaid or excuse Dennis Quaid is his brother. <laughs> Isn't that the craziest thing? That is crazy. Yeah. Two uh, completely different. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Let me get back to the. So, so I was thinking about this, and I feel like I love his story of redemption. He, you know, gets made of fun of throughout the whole movie. He provides comic relief. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody kicks him, but at the end of the day, who's saving the world? He was right. And he was right, wasn't he? Because he, he was telling people about aliens, right. and they were like, "That's crazy," That's right. you know. But he provides maybe one of the greatest one-liners in film history when he says, "As my generation says, aliens up yours," mm. and he screams and flies into the <laughs> the open hole of the uh, alien spacecraft. spacecraft. Yeah, and that's a powerful moment. It is. Yeah. Powerful moment. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. That's me. That's me. Right. I feel like that's my journey. So, what's your alien spacecraft, Glenn? Uh, you know, I think it's a metaphor. I don't really feel like there's oh, an alien there's, spacecraft. Oh, okay. Right. You know, waiting for me. Okay. I don't think I've had experiments done on me. Okay. I have had some vivid dreams <laughs> um, that I can't explain. But you know, I was able to wake up from them and everything was fine. Yeah. 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 yeah it was yeah. just a dream. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that's me. What about you, Brian? Well, yeah, it was hard for me to remember because it's been since... I don't even know the last time I saw this movie. We were talking about this before. I can't believe this. I don't think I've seen it since 1999 or something. I can't believe you haven't seen it in like 10 years. 15, 15 years. years, Yeah. 18 years. 18 years. Something like that. Yeah. I I don't think I have. I don't think I've seen it since then. It's been a long time since I watched it. Um, If I have, I can't remember. So good. Uh, so it was hard for me to kind of like piece through the the characters and what all they did, uh, you know. But I think uh, if I had to if I had to identify with one character, uh, and I'd be perfect to play this character, hmm. it is uh, Bill Pullman's uh, President of the United President, States yep. character. Hmm. And the reason is because towards the end of the movie, he gives a stirring speech. Yes, about. This being our Independence Day. And I've been known to turn a phrase and give give inspirational speeches sometimes mm. at, at varying moments. And uh, I feel like I feel like I could I could fit into that character pretty well. And I feel like that that moment and that scene where somebody needs to give the important speech. I feel like I, I the lights had come on 
and I'd be like ready to go. Everyone gather around. Gather yeah, around. Exactly. Yeah. I have something to say. Yeah. I, I think I I think I'd be I think I'd be up for that. And I think I could convince score, yeah. seven. <laughs> yeah, or I could play Lincoln. Either either way. <laughs> either way. Uh so yeah, I think I'd I'd go for the Bill Pullman character, mm. President of the United States. Yeah. Oh man. Did, did, did you see the sequel to Independence no. Day? Okay. No, I did not. Probably for the best. Mainly, I haven't yeah. seen it myself. I, I won't. I won't sully my my memory of you know, Independence Day with that's ID4. like him coming out with Twister Two. Yep. I don't think I'd go see that. Nope. There's no. There's no Dusty. Uh, there's no Bill Paxton. No, I mean, who's no got- Helen Hunt? I mean, she's alive. Okay, okay, she's still alive, Ooh. but she doesn't act anymore. Ooh. She yeah. doesn't. Huh? I don't think so. I don't think she acts anymore. Wow. So I. Even if, even, let's just say in a perfect world, even if Dusty came back and Bill Paxton. Like a hologram, like no, well, style. No, I'm just saying, like, if they were still around. It's already here. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I don't know. You can't recreate that magic. No. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to let perfection be perfection. Yep. Can't piggy up. Yep. I mean, they will pig- piggyback off of anything. You know. It's only a matter of time before Twister 2 comes out. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. Twister, the origin. Yeah. Or, you know. Right. It's like a young Bill Paxton. Yeah. You know? In high school. It shows like the love story between <laughs> right. the original. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be unfortunate. That well, would be. Glenn, maybe, you know, maybe I should I should get a hold of Independence Day and watch this film uh, because I haven't seen it in a long time. So maybe I should get a hold of it. I'm serious. Like the special effects, eh, they don't really hold up that well. Hey, uh, Twister special effects are... Really good, as They're far not, as I'm concerned. They held up actually pretty well. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, you know, they did enough yeah. sleight of hand to kind of right. not rely as much on the CGI. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had the real flying cow and everything like that. I mean, Independence Day had 1996 aliens. So, right. you know. But, fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And really, you're, you're going for the acting. Yeah. You have Randy Quaid in his prime. Mm-hmm. In, definitely in his prime. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith is always in his prime. Right. But he he did great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vivica Fox, one of my first loves. I, uh, yeah, she was she was special. Uh, he had a special performance. And then uh, you have uh, Bill Pullman. Right. Uh, giving a stirring speech. Mm-hmm. And and I just totally blanked on his name. The guy who who, who saves the world. Isn't that Will Smith? Well, the guy who goes with him. Oh, oh. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, why Why can I not think of this name? I don't know. I just watched... He's like one of my favorite people. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yes, Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff well Goldblum. Done. Jeff Goldblum. He's great, too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, they even got the kid from uh, the Cosby show... Like the little kid, Will Smith's, like, you know, kind of... Oh, really? Uh, it's Vivica's son. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And he's great. Yeah. Everybody's great in that movie. Wow. Okay. You gotta watch it again. Well, I gotta, yeah. I'm gonna give it a second look. I don't know. Welcome to Earth. I'm gonna have to, uh, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. It's been a while. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. I'll probably watch it. I hope you do. I'll let you know. I hope I'll you see do. how it goes. I think Laura would appreciate watching it again. I don't know if she's ever seen it. Whoa, whoa, hang I'm not on. sure. Certainly she has. Everybody's seen See, Ted. Everybody's seen Independence Day, Now you Day, said right? the magic words that tell me that you have to watch it now. We have to make sure. Everybody's seen Independence Day, right? Everybody's seen that. Like, everybody in America has seen Independence Day. I, I hope so. I, I feel like that's the, tr- that's the case. You, I mean, are you, yeah. are you un-American? I would think so. Yeah. You're un-American? Uh, yeah. I, I guess I should be suspicious. If Laura hasn't seen the movie... Maybe we should start asking some more questions. See if you can see if you can look at her birth certificate. What other, Just yeah. ask. What other movie? Yeah, you need see to see if know. she pre- produces the birth certificate. That's mm-hmm. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she claims she was born in Hawaii. So Is it Hawaii? Know. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard some things. <laughs> I've heard some things. Uh, well, anyway, Glenn, well, I'll delve into that in another episode. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, I'll, I'll watch Independence Day. I'll get back to you on that, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I want a, I want a full review. Okay, <laughs> we'll do. Um, all right. Well, in that case, I'm gonna work on. I'm gonna go work on my uh, beaver dropper. <laughs> uh, I want to work on my screenplay for the beaver droppers. 
Well, I'm sure you can get some good uh, motivation. Idaho, oh, oh, what about this title? The Idaho Beaver Droppers. Idaho, that's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's an improvement on Where the no Beaver No beaver has gone before. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm going to work on that, and I'll get back to you on that as well. Beaver Troopers. Beaver like Troopers? That's not, yeah, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. There's a lot of... Beaver Retrievers. Beaver <laughs> That could work. Um, it's a plane. It's the end of the Gentleman Podcast. It's the end of the Gentleman Podcast. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to episode 139. I will look forward to speaking into the can again for episode 140. Special episode 140 mm-hmm. in two weeks. Uh, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. See you guys in two weeks for episode 140. Thanks for listening. Adios. <laughs>